Hi, Moguls. Welcome to the show. Today, we have an amazing guest for you. I'm so excited about our guest. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Today, we have Steve Valentor. Let's give a warm welcome to Steve. He's the managing partner of Polynomial Ventures, a tech business owner, investor, and entrepreneur. Steve, welcome to the show. Marilyn, thank you for having me on the show today. Your podcast is great. It gets into some really interesting details. I really like it. Uh, thank you so much. And where are you recording live with me today? I'm in beautiful, sunny Chicago. Oh, great. It's, is it really sunny out in Chicago? <laughs> it is fabulously sunny today. It's crystal clear. There's a few big puffy clouds in the sky. It's a little on the chilly side, but it is a beautiful day here. Okay, great. And I'm in Los Angeles, and it is March 1st um, when we're doing the recording. So um, so basically, we have a spectacular topic today, and Steve is going to share some interesting statistics about women working in finance, technology, and other traditional male-dominated professions. So, uh, Steve, I want to know, what kind of statistics stand out regarding this topic? Well, I'll go through a number of those, Marilyn, but first let me let me remind everyone that this is not financial advice. We're not giving any financial advice here. We're just going through some really interesting statistics about women working in business and technology. Uh, I've had a really long career and I've observed a few things over the over the years and I really appreciate the opportunity to to share them here. I think we're missing out on some really great opportunities and and those those will start to emerge as we go through this. But um uh, in my first job, long, long time ago at a major electronics company, uh, we had really only four or five women who worked as individual contributors in engineering. This is out of hundreds of engineers. Uh, there were a few in management, but not many, uh, mostly in HR and legal, really never in the operational pieces. Uh, uh, there were more women in marketing and sales but still far fewer than half of the census. Uh, in another position I had at a multinational semiconductor company, I managed a very high level silicon research and development team. 30% of my group were, were women engineers. And, and uh, interestingly, that was more than 10 times average for the technology groups within the company. And this is a giant company with hundreds of thousands of employees worldwide. And, and they had uh, averages down in the, you know, 3% range women in technology. Um, then later in my career as the CEO of a small aerospace computer manufacturer here in Chicago, I had three women in the top level staff. That's out of 11 in the, the overall in the, in the what you'd call the C-suite or the, the, the top level management. You know, it's really difficult to find women with the right qualifications the right experience for these jobs because they just they just don't don't come up that way through the through the career path. I, I hope that changes. But since moving into venture capital, though, the gap is even more astounding. So according to a, a trust radius study, only 2.3% of VC investments went to women founded companies. 2.3%. Worse. Harvard, MIT, and Wharton researchers got together and found that investors surveyed actually preferred pitches from male entrepreneurs. Wow. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Absolutely the case. Even more alarming, 
While 58% of women see this as a problem, only 31% of men agree with them. You know, this is not encouraging news for my three daughters. One of them is in MBA school right now, getting a finance degree. One of them is a relationship manager at a at a large investment firm. And the oldest one is a lawyer, engineer turned lawyer. So it's, um, uh, I, I'm hoping that the future is different for them. We've got them in the right profession. We just have to get them in the leadership roles now. Oh, great. I'm with you there. Let's get, okay, phone calls, board members right here. We got Steve's daughters. Maybe you can ask me, who knows? But um, yeah, we're really hoping that this reaches a lot of people and that that changes and that, you know, there are so many women, like, well, the word about the Spanx girl, the, the a woman, you know, that did Spanx. So there is a lot of um, people, but it's fashion, right? So there's a really huge gender gap in tech and finance. Is there anything that can be done to improve the situation? Well, yeah, that's a great question, Marilyn. As, as a matter of fact, you know, perhaps the most important thing for us to do as a society is to recognize the huge advantage that's available to us if we can rely on the capabilities of these amazing women. Uh, I have the screaming German Shepherd in the background. I apologize for that. I think he's going to stop soon. <laughs> it's live recording, like live radio. I think our audience is used to. Uh, yeah, used I apologize. To... <laughs> Let me shush him. <laughs> that usually works. He's a German Shepherd. He fools people into thinking I'm a really good dog trainer. Yeah, because he want he he doesn't like the situation about women, and he's like, "Yeah, go, Dad, go." You know, preach. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so on average, you know, women investors actually achieve superior returns. They outperform their male counterparts somewhere between nine tenths of a percent and 1.2% on average. And that little difference is actually huge. Over 20 years, that small difference alone produces a 25% increase in overall wealth. Wow. There are many theories. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. That, that's really spectacular. And I, I just want to say, look at Kathy Woods, how amazing she's doing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So so there's many theories that try to explain why this is. You know, in, in general, women are more conservative as investors. They're more likely to seek independent research, and they're less likely to trust their own instincts. They're less likely to panic in a downturn and sell fundamentally sound investments. Now, as investors, women are more patient. Men trade, this is an interesting one, 45% more frequently than women do. That's, that's almost half again as much. Wow. This results in another 2.65% increase in women's portfolio performance. You know, if you add that to the 1.2% and then you, then you extend for the investment, actually doubles. They have twice as much money at the end of 20 years. So uh, FINRA data shows that 71% of women rate themselves as having high levels of investment. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's It's men. 71% of men rate themselves as having high levels of investment knowledge compared to only 54% of women. Similarly, 49%, almost half of men feel comfortable making investment decisions. Only 34% of women make the same claim. So even though they're probably more capable, women feel less confident in, the, in this area. In portfolio companies, where venture capital funds are, are typically invested, the statistics are even more telling. So women 
just simply are more efficient, more capital efficient as managers. Uh, they return 35% higher returns on investments and 12% more revenue than portfolio companies run by men that venture capital is invested in. So on average, women-run companies produce twice much revenue per VC dollar invested. So I'm just going to repeat that because our Wi-Fi just went in and out a little bit. So um, uh, women are more capital efficient managers. They return 35% higher ROI and have 12% more revenue than portfolios run by men. On average, women-run companies produce twice as much revenue per venture capital dollar investment. That's outstanding statistics for venture capital companies. Wow, really incredible. Um, that's just very, very interesting. So venture capitals are smart then why don't they invest with women or are they starting to or what's taking them so long? Yeah, I think I think we're trying. You know, I believe that that when all other things are equal, we should prefer to invest with women entrepreneurs. You know, the deal flow, though, with this is the amount of opportunities presented to venture capital for investment. So they call it deal flow. Uh, the deal flow of women-led portfolio companies is just simply not sufficient to put all of the investors' capital to work. So U.S. startups led by women make up only 23% of all startups seeking professional funding. Uh, the amount of funds being sought by these women-led firms is also much less than portfolio companies led by men. Remember that overall, Women-led firms get only 2.3% of all venture capital investments. Marilyn, let me put the dog in the box. I'll be I'll <laughs> Okay, so so I'll, I'll, I'll repeat two this. seconds. He, he's really your dog's really mad about these statistics. So he's my he's my sound effects library. So um Steve was talking about that the US startups led by women make only about 23% of all startups seeking professional funding. The amount of fund, funds being sought by these women-led firms is also less than the portfolio companies led by men, and that women-led firms get only 2.3% of all venture capital investments. That's, that's right. Uh, Merlin, I'm back. Sorry yeah. about that. So that's pretty low that only 2.3% of all venture capital investments. That's really low. But I can just, um, on this point, when I was in college, I kept on like, I was, I, I always was inventing things, but I didn't know how to physically um, make the product and what to do. I did not know, but everyone goes, you're such an inventor. So I think that's why I wrote books because I knew how to write and go into these adventures. But I remember making the dog carrier with the wheels, I, I thought of that like so long ago and I didn't know how to, you know, make the dog carry it where you can like, oh, you know, have the little luggage where you just wheel around the dog and push the dog around. I didn't know I how to make it. I could use one of those for Bullwinkle. He's 117 pounds. That would help me a lot. Ah, uh, your dog is named Bullwinkle, the German Shepherd Bullwinkle. Yeah, he's for women. He's been like, yeah, dad, go speak. <laughs> so. It's live recording like a radio show. Everyone knows during COVID, we were in our houses and Zooming all day. So our audience pretty much knows. So it's all good. <laughs> all right. Very good. <laughs> it's, it's entertainment value as well. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, so what about the investment side? How many women work in venture capital, do you think? Uh, Marilyn, that's a great question. So more women than ever before 
have become partners in venture capital firms. According to some data from PitchBook, however, still, this is unbelievable, 65% of VC firms have zero partners who are women. Uh, this does appear to be changing a little bit, though. The largest firms in the industry have named more women partners than ever before. Uh, Sequoia Lightspeed and Andreessen Horowitz um, have recently added more than a dozen women to their partnership ranks in the last few years. But still, only 30% of firms have more than one woman at the partner level, and less than 14% have two or more at the partner, partner level. So I do feel like this situation is improving. You know, it's my belief that women are kind of the secret weapon of financial and technology worlds. You know, we've got half the population. We need to, we need to find a way to use them. According to a, a McKinsey report, the global GDP, the gross domestic product, so all goods and services produced in the entire planet, would increase by $12 trillion. That's trillion T, tango. Oh, <laughs> uh, incredible. Yeah, by 2025, just a few years away from now, by advancing women's representation in business just to the level of the developed countries. And that's only to the level of the developed countries. It's nowhere near parallel to the 50.5% of the population that are women. So imagine what could happen if we could get more women in leadership positions, especially in finance, where they outperform men. You know, further... Imagine uh, if they made up half of the finance and technology industries. I think the world would be, you know, that number, that $12 trillion number, to put that in context, uh, that's about half of the U.S. total money supply. Even after the COVID relief has, has been pumped into the, to the, um, to the economy. You know, in, uh, in my family, Maryland, we have an old sailboat that we race here on Lake Michigan in Chicago. It's a great, great pastime. You know, sailboat racing has traditionally also been a male-dominated sport. So, so uh, my daughters are essentially the crew, and and most of the time they're sort of running the boat. And uh, we do regularly outperform a lot of the male crews out there, and uh, they have quite a reputation. Uh, but you know, I've watched them in um, in these just sort of naturally assume these leadership roles in these. You know, and sailboat racing is not without risk and danger. It's kind of life-threatening at times. And, and they, they step up and they work, you know, the best, this is best captured. There's this um, documentary called Maiden that covers Tracy Edwards. Uh, she did an all-female crew for the Whitbread Around the World Race. This was quite a while ago. I think it was back in the 80s. It's now called the Volvo Ocean Race. But uh, if, if you, you watch this and at the end of it, you just simply have to agree that women can do anything that men can do. They can drive racing cars, they can fly planes, they can fight in combat, and they can certainly, certainly manage finance better than we can. Well, those are incredible statistics. And when you look at them this way, intelligently and smart with these details that you're presenting, I'm certainly hoping that, you know, some some good changes and some positive changes are just adding people that are well qualified and like, you know, have the door open for um females that are qualified because you know they do have to be qualified is my my thing please let everyone be qualified because i entered i i'm up and coming director and when i entered the project Greenlight contest they didn't even ask if you're male or female or what your name was it was you could enter and they didn't know if you were male or female or anything and i love that because it's like they picked whoever was qualified they didn't know who directed that short film 
and I got top 50 director and I go, wow, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had competition. I just felt like whoever entered that had talent would be picked and they didn't know if you're male or female and lo and behold, I got in there. So I really love um, that you're qualified and have qualifications. So I want to ask you, Steve, you're so smart. You're so brilliant. How did you start? Yeah, well, the smartness and brilliantness is uh, is completely an illusion, Marilyn. So it's just uh, <laughs> um, I, I, anyway, I, I graduated with a math degree and and immediately went to work in the personal computer industry, kind of in its infancy, in its earliest days. And that technology, you know, maybe even more than any other, has really transformed the way that we work. I and mean, when I went to college, literally, we didn't have portable computers, we didn't have personal computers, we had to use we had to use um, uh, mainframes. But um, if you look now what that has done to uh, the way that we work, the way we socialize, the way we communicate, the way we entertain ourselves, you know, that market didn't exist in 1980. And today we spend $4 trillion on information technology. I mean, that's really 4% of the global GDP. <laughs> what, what, a, what an incredible ride it's been for, for me. You know? But I've been working in technology since 82. And a few years ago, I went back to school to get an MBA in finance. It's uh, kind of funny going back to school as, a, as an old guy. You know, I expected to be older than my classmates. But in, in almost all cases, I was older than their parents. Oh, wow. Aww. <laughs> uh, that was unusual. So anyway, what I do now is I help companies to find funding and, and to lend my operational expertise to them to help them succeed and, and, and grow. And you've been doing a spectacular job. So I want to ask, do you have any tips for new investors possibly or um, any a new, you know? Yeah, of course. And, and, and again, um, uh, this isn't financial advice because we're, we're not allowed to give that here. But, but uh, just, just making some observations about uh, uh, news that we see in the world. So Warren Buffett. Makes, he's famous for well, many, many quotes, but one of my favorite is he says, diversification is protection against ignorance. It makes little sense if you know what you're doing. You know, that's an interesting quote, but if you look at the holdings of his firm, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, they're pretty diverse. You know, he owns insurance companies, banks, pharmaceuticals, consumer goods, communications companies, technology, diamonds, underwear fast food, railroads, jet leasing, and of course, Coke. You know, my advice is that um, a diversified portfolio will keep you at pace with the market and, with in, and keep inflation at bay. So you're going to do okay. And if, if one of those sectors does a little bit bad, you know, it's, it's outside your control. But if you're diversified with 30 or more, really 30 or more uh, 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 securities that have correlations of uh, 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 coefficients of correlation that are at least um, you know not perfect uh, then uh, you're going to get uh, get great returns but to get really extraordinary returns you've got to find a way to invest in companies that are going to change the world you know some of the returns in in venture capital are just astounding um, and some portion of every portfolio probably a small amount five to ten percent should be in you know in venture along with some of the other some of the other alternatives. Oh, how does one do venture capital if you're an unaccredited investor? Is that just like doing those little startups on like the we funders and the and the seed invest? Is that what you uh, would that be considered venture capital like with startups? 
Yeah, that's exactly that. That's a really, really good point, Marilyn, is that there are rules that prevent venture capital firms from accepting investments from what they call retail investors, with a few exceptions. And and um, uh, the, the definition of accredited investors is it's a pretty lofty uh, level. However, um, anyone can go and invest in in crowdfunding. Um, and so that's open to the general public. And there are some great, um, great alternatives out there. There's great companies out there. There's there's a, a, a few of them have gone on to to generate some really, really great returns. But you're absolutely right to get into venture capital in a major, major way. You really have to be accredited, uh, which there's there's a definition of that uh, that the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, uh, puts out. And it's it's basically pretty, pretty hard to achieve for, for a common person. But remember, you're only looking to put, you know, five percent or 10 percent of your investable capital. So so of your portfolio, it's pretty easy to put a bunch of it in, you know, a Schwab account or a, or, or a, some kind of a brokerage account and manage that. Uh, that way, and then take a little bit and put it into into crowdfunding sources, and and you'll be surprised. I think some of the results are 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 um, more interesting than you'd expect. Yeah, my very first um, uh, startup filed this. I didn't even really know what it was, but I was like, oh, it's tech, sounds good. I put five hundred in, and it exited, and I made a two hundred percent profit on that. So, but not 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 everything. Not every. I wanted to talk about it. Everything's risky. So, you know, you just plan on like never seeing that money again, but we all spend like $10 on a Frappuccino coffee somewhere and some people buy that three and four times a week. So there, people have some kind of money to to put somewhere and something. So I believe that if they're interested in exploring and learning about that. But so Steve, is there anything, do you, do, or do you have time to do anything fun with all your businesses and ventures? Yeah, well, as I, as, as, um, as, as I mentioned earlier, I, I have an old sort of antique sailboat and, and uh, all winter I spend sort of fixing all the things that we break in the summer and in the summer we take it out and compete with it. And, and uh, sailing to me is, uh, you know, golf is the reason yachting was invented. So I'm, I'm probably too big to play. I'm six foot six. And so I never have um, uh, golf clubs that are long enough. So I have to bend down too far to hit the Hit the golf ball. So, so from my perspective, uh, golf is the reason yachting was invented. And I find that the competition is great. The environment is just beautiful. It's challenging. It's a great way to work with uh, nature to accomplish amazing things. And and it depends uh, so much more the, uh, on teamwork. And and this is really uh, for me the most uh, the most exciting thing. And then that that also uh, you know I, I like to get involved in, in charities, but but uh, the one that that I donate to most of it. it's not not a common one but the u.s coast guard you know i had one incident uh, in lake michigan on this really long race that we have it's 330 miles from chicago to mackinac island and and uh, coming back from that race i uh, ran into a rock and the boat got stuck and i couldn't get the boat off so i called the coast guard they responded immediately they never had to come out i was able to get the boat off myself but they called me every 15 minutes until i got into a harbor and and that was that was a long, long time ago. And since then, I've donated every year to the to the Coast Guard and and the rest of uh, of our amazing military. You know, keeping us safe always is uh, is uh, is is to me a really important cause. Yeah, and thank you so much for supporting the U.S. Coast Guard. They are spectacular. I did lose my dad on the sea. He was a always oh, a boater and a, a a diver for many years, and they were spectacular to my mom and everyone. So that's a really beautiful charity. I just want to say thank you for that. You were sorry such, to hear that. Yeah, it's it, well, you know, 
during COVID, so many lost people that are were dear. So we're, we're all experiencing that. And I just want to say, you've been an amazing guest and I would love to have you back and, um, you know, probably even do another podcast, uh, you know, without the dogs <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, but, or with the dogs. I apologize, everyone. I, I, I really, I, he was quiet at the beginning and I forgot that he, uh, you know, it, 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 he'll scream at almost anything. So I, I really apologize. Yeah. For that. Well, maybe our listeners will help me to get that sound studio that I'm definitely working on. And I just want to say thank you for coming to the show and mobiles. You can learn more about, um, Valentor by going to uh, polynomial-vc.com and I'll spell that www.polynomial-vc.com so p-o-l-y-n-o-m-i-a-l it's a little dash right and then v is in victory. yeah that's the dash exactly. v is in victory c is in uh, cat.com and we were so lucky to have you on the show you are just an incredible guest and um, thank you so much for speaking on this topic today, which is an amazing topic about women and finance and investing. And on, on our podcast, we do have 70% male listeners um, out of, you know, so we have 30% female listeners, but it's growing and growing um, each week. Thanks to, to amazing guests like yourself coming on the show. And, you know, I try to get um, female guests as well. So, um, you know, we're each doing our part and uh, I, and to learn to learn so much and, and hearing all these stories, you start learning, you get excited about learning about finance and, and investing and entrepreneur. And then you might find a mentor or figure out a way to make your dreams happen. And thank you so much, Steve. Well, thanks for having me, Marilyn. It was a lot of fun. I, uh, I, I, I thought it was great. And uh, you're doing a fantastic job with this. Uh, thanks so much. And thanks moguls for listening. Cheers to everyone. Stay healthy until next week. Uh, we will have a new podcast for you. Bye everyone.